All right, welcome all to another episode of All Things Adventures in Odyssey. I'm your host, Clint Brahms, and today we'll be discussing episode 949, Dead of Night. What a fantastic title. The wait from episodes 3 to 4 in this six-parter, From Evening to Dead of Night, seemed like it took forever, and during that time I got a solid theory going that I came up with before the release of this episode. I wrote it down at the time, and I'll read part of it off here in a few minutes. So right at the beginning, Jason calls Jillian out for hiding out in Sky's Domain, the TV station. This is exactly the sort of thing that she should be looking out for. Jason is right. Jillian seems a little sloppy. And it's really interesting that Sky is bad. I didn't mention it in the last episode, but while she's only been in two episodes before these, it's very strongly implied that she is the daughter of Guy Feldstein, who was a pretty major side character earlier in Odyssey's history. I wonder what he thinks about all this, and I wonder why they never bring him up in these episodes. Just kind of a side thought there. Pole House shows up at Sky's house. Pole House? Sky House? Uh, she makes him carry her suitcase. It would have been great if Pole House carried the you-know-what out to her car for her. That would have been very funny. But then they had to go and see her suitcase in the car at the end of this episode, so that falls apart. Too bad. That would have been great, especially since he talks about how heavy it is. We start to get an inkling of why her having an electric car was mentioned earlier. Pullhouse hears that the car will need more juice soon. And she peels out of the driveway ridiculously fast. That moment is hilarious. Then we are back at the hideout. Jillian reports Feldstein. We get confirmation that she really is the bad guy. Connie says that Sky has been coming in a lot recently, and I don't think we have an answer yet on why that is. Then we find out why Sky writing down the message on the notepad back in evening was important. It's so that the good guys can read her writing. And I love that they give Connie an important job. I would have loved it if we had a scene of her creeping through wit's end. That would have been awesome, but alas, it was not to be. And we get some great transition music out of that scene. Pullhouse calls Wit, tells him that the kidnapping and break-in are connected, while Wit tells Pullhouse about Sky being evil. Now here's a slight digression. Pullhouse in this scene says, sure thing, to wit. I've listened to this six-parter so many times, I've noticed that it sounds exactly how he says sure thing way back in Morning, his first sentence actually in this album. We know that the sound designers sometimes pull lines from other episodes to give things a more full feeling. We talked about that back in um, As Buck Would Have It, part three. Yeah, it was part three. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did the same thing here and this line is the same as that line back in part one. Actually, I'm thinking they probably pulled it from this part four and put it in morning. If so, great call. And if not, Pullhouse just has a set way of talking, I guess. If you go back and listen to those lines, I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway, then we get that the missile from the Fairplay has been launched. It hit an abandoned military base. Now, I'll talk about this in final minutes, but I'm wondering what the bad guy's mission is here. I have a feeling it's really nothing more than basically an inciting incident, but we'll get there when we get there. So, in this, we get more confirmation that the missiles really are the object of this story, which I wasn't expecting. I hadn't really thought that would be true earlier in the story, but no, it does seem that missiles are the chairman's objective. So, of course... I immediately switched gears and decided that there would be a missile heading straight for Odyssey by the end of this album. The initial summary for this album had said that things would come to an explosive conclusion. Whenever Odyssey uses that terminology, there is always a real explosion. Look back at Blackherd, look back at Novacom. 
Really, that line about an explosive conclusion is what made me suspect that they had planted a bomb at Triple J. We get that other people in the NSA know the codes, and I wonder who those other people are. I intend to reference back to this line when we get to a chairman scene in part six. And we get that there is some sort of leak or rogue actor high up in the Pentagon. That was not something I was expecting for some reason. Great intrigue there. And Connie comes back with the notepad. We get the sub names Helsinki OMH 014. Very interesting. And we also find out that Jillian is a Christian and the daughter of missionaries. Next scene, we get great dialogue between Pullhouse and Burke. Super great, super hilarious. I love all of that. And we get a great conversation between Jillian and Wit about Jason possibly having turned and about trust. And Wit brings out the blocks of trust. Really interesting stuff. Pullhouse and Burke find Sky's car and go into the hospital. And that's the last we see of them until final minutes. They're not in the next episode at all. And I had wondered why Sky stayed at the hospital all the way up until final minutes. But I'm realizing now that she couldn't leave because Burke was stationed at her car. In the next scene, Jillian is super subdued and then she accuses Jason of being at the Pentagon. They found his fingerprints and she arrests him for treason. Whoa, that got real super quick. And we get a call from Lily Graham. Very convenient. Wit tells Jillian to wait until after the call. Logically, there's no way he could have known what she has to say would exonerate Jason. Really, all he asked her about was Blanchire, but hey, maybe he was just stalling and it ends up working out in the end. Lily Graham starts to explain, but before we get to what she says, right here I want to read out part of a prediction I wrote before this episode was released. So between episode 3, Evening, and episode 4, this episode, Dead of Night. So nearly a year ago now. I wrote, Jason has been complaining of a headache since afternoon. He mentions it in several of the scenes he's in during that episode. He also mentions it again in Evening. He assumes that the goons hit him over the head, but the voice over the intercom, who is the chairman, never actually confirms that. Also, Jason says he was drugged. Why would he be drugged and hit over the head? I think something else is causing Jason's headache. Think about it. In Evening, Jason says that the Shadow Recon submarines keep coming to mind, along with a feeling of dread. Jason's not one to get spiritual premonitions. Also, we're dealing with the chairman here, Andromeda. Novacom, Nova Boxes. Surely the chairman would have some left over from the early prototypes before mind control went worldwide and was foiled. If the chairman is somehow using this device on Jason to make him think of the submarines, it could also explain his headache. The way Jason describes his thoughts matches up perfectly with the strange buying habits in the Novacom saga, along with the election of Glenn Claremont. And then here I go off track a little bit. So if the chairman is trying to get Jason to think of the submarines, that likely means his plan has nothing to do with them. The submarines are either a small part of a bigger plan or a complete distraction. Obviously that turned out not to be true. I go on a little bit more. If the chairman's plan does have to do with the submarines, why did he arrange the death of neuroscientist Colette Blanchire? There's also the suspicious Dr. Rusk, who I suspect is Agent 1, coming to meet with Joseph Calhoun, a brain surgeon. Also, is it a coincidence that Cobra Orange, who is Sky Feldstein, is in charge of a TV station considering how much the early Nova boxes relied on television? All of these things point back to the plot being somewhat about mind control again. A few more thoughts. If Jason is being messed with mentally, it seems that the most likely person to be doing that would be Jillian. 
which would make her bad. However, the goons could have planted a small Nova box on Jason's person to initiate the delusion as soon as he escaped. And in that sentence right there, I was probably the most correct. There was something planted on Jason, not a Nova box, something entirely different. So see, I got pretty close. And then I go on to discuss my suspicions of Officer Burke, which I talked about last time. All right, that's enough of my speculations. The phone call with Lily is pretty long. There's a lot to get through. We get talk of the mind reading chip. That played into the chairman's thing, but didn't quite fit my theory if it was just mind reading. And by the way, I've just recently heard in the last few months that this exact technology is being worked on currently. So just the mind reading alone didn't fit with my theory, but then they start talking about the chip changing things, hijacking the brain, bringing up thoughts, and I was getting super excited on my first listen. The more and more she talked, I was like, yes! My theory could not have been exact. There was no way I could know about the chip. But as they start to realize how the headache ties in, the way his mind kept going back to the subs, I was ecstatic. Connie name drops Novacom here. That's awesome. It's the first reference in I don't know how long. But we'll get yet another reference to Novacom in the next album. Coincidence? I hope not. They talk about the injections and then mention the headache, as I just said a second ago. And everyone starts to realize what is happening. Really, it's a big reason why I started this podcast, because I wish I could have gotten my prediction out before the episode was released, but I'll have to make do with it now. Wit starts saying the codes, Jason gets super agitated, and then Jason realizes that Dervishi was bringing the thoughts to his mind all along, and he says, they're reading my brain. Super eerie, we get some super high-tech music after that, so, so good, I cannot tell you how happy I was at that reveal just perfect picture perfect awesome and this is obviously the midpoint reversal if you'll remember the story map we talked about way back in episode one everything the struggle from here on out will be completely different and as we'll see in the next episode super unique and i really like what they do with this premise but that discussion will have to wait until next time and until then i'm looking forward to the adventure <laughs>